0: Welcome to the Jeremiah Patterson Show and thank you for joining me this Friday. It was 50 years ago in July of 1973 that in a historic Supreme Court ruling 7-2, to two, the court made Roe v. Wade legal in the United States of America. Noun, a 63 ruling has overturned 50 years of historical precedent. Here on this episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show, this is a historical recap of how Roe v. Wade became law of the land and also the consistent hits it's taken over the years. On tomorrow, we will have another special report essentially on the lasting effects of the Supreme Court's overturning Roe v. Wade just last Saturday. Here's that special report right now. She was determined, passionate, and took no BS from anyone. That's how one of her friends described her. She was Ruth Nunn Steele, and in 1967, Senator Steele from the great state of Colorado, along with others, decided they had enough with Colorado's abortion restrictions. And this was Ruth Steele's kind of thing, because she was the president of Planned Parenthood before getting elected, so she was all in this fight. And this concerted effort was put together by 32-year-old Democratic State Senator Richard Lamb uh, with the help of others, including his wife, a psychiatric social worker, and Senator Ruth Still. They created a quiet campaign to introduce legislation that would loosen restrictions on abortion in the state of Colorado. The first bill that Senator Lamb brought to the floor um, in the state Senate in February of 1967 caused a huge debate. Nevertheless, they continued to be persistent, Lamb referring to still as, quote, indispensable and that couldn't be more true because while lamb was working on another plan to get a pro abortion bill to pass ruth Steele was gathering up votes and she also spent time calling state legislators for support abby lockhead still's daughter describes her mother as a quote unpaid lobbyist the, the lily.com reports uh, here quote when they were advocating for the bill's passage still made her presence known if she visited lawmakers in person she would show up to the capitol Wearing a uniform of sorts, white gloves and a hat. She dressed very conservatively and then she would start talking to these old timers about uteruses, Lamb said. They ended up really loving her. She was a no BS lady, end quote. As time went by, Ruth Steele had helped gather up so much support that the Colorado State House and Senate passed the bill. It headed to Governor John A. Love's desk, and he signed it into law on April 25, 1967, Uh, That bill made Colorado the first state in the nation to pass legislation, as the lily.com put it, quote, liberalizing abortion. What this law essentially did was legally permit women to get abortions only if a three-doctor board in a credible institution agreed that it fit the standards under the law. So in a way, it was still quite restrictive, but it was progress in a way. And no one said the road is going to be easy, right? I mean, this is going to be hard from the start. It was initially rocky, but then the sediment smoothened and they were able to get this bill passed. Three years later, after that, another U.S. state didn't just take up a bill to make abortion less restrictive. They legalized it entirely. It was initially an uphill battle because their Catholic governor and one close ally in the state Senate were quite reluctant about this bill. There was also pressure from the church to reject this. But ultimately that senator and governor decided that abortion should be a personal decision of a woman. The old law in place allowed a woman to only get an abortion if her life was in danger. This new bill would let any woman who lived in the state of who lived in that state for at least 90 days to get an abortion on the basis that she did not want to have that baby. And so in 1970 Hawaii became the first state in the U.S. to legalize abortion entirely, but only for residents. And that same year, New York also made abortion legal, but anyone in the country was allowed to come there and get one. Unlike Hawaii, they did not have a restrictive residency requirement. Soon after New York, Alaska and Washington state followed, but they had uh, residency requirements only. But while many of those states were making a legal path for women to get an abortion, others were not. Texas and Georgia were draconian in their debate against abortion. For example, in Texas, there was a woman named uh, Norma McCorvey, And in 1969, uh, she was in her early 20s, and she sought to get an abortion because of an unwanted pregnancy. She grew up under difficult and financially uh, troubled circumstances. Prior to this pregnancy, she uh, she gave birth to two other children, and she gave those children up for adoption. At the time of her pregnancy in 1969, abortion was legal in the state of Texas, but they also had one of the most restrictive and vitriolic anti-abortion laws in the nation. Even if you are a victim of rape or incest, there was, no, there was no exception. Now, you could legally travel out of the state of Texas or to another country to get an abortion that was safe and legal or pay a large fee to a U.S. doctor for a secret procedure. But like many women, McCarvey did not have that luxury. Many women around, the time, around that time resorted to illegal and very dangerous back alley or self-induced abortions. Many died from this. And McCarvey was one of those women who was just unsuccessful in that effort. And so she was referred to two Texas attorneys who were challenging anti-abortion laws already. In court documents, they, they referred to their new client, Norma McCarvey, um, as Jane Roe. And they were going after someone who had taken prosecutorial actions against doctors who performed abortions in Dallas County, Texas. This is where McCorvey lived. And the district attorney that they were going after to sue and to stop him from continuing these prosecutorial actions against doctors who performed abortions in Dallas County, Texas, that district attorney was Henry Wade. They filed a lawsuit against Mr. Wade on behalf of uh, Roe and all the other women, quote, who were or might become pregnant and want to consider all options, end quote. Henry Wade wasn't just this, like, obscure guy in Texas who was just randomly suing doctors for for performing abortions he made quite an esteemed reputation for himself back in 1964 he became nationally prominent after prosecuting jack ruby uh, the person who shot and killed lee harvey oswald which was the assassin of president john f kennedy so henry wade was quite high profile and in june of 1920 as a result of that lawsuit a texas district court ruled that the state's abortion ban was illegal and it violated the constitutional right to privacy. Nevertheless, Wade was relentless. He kept going after every doctor who performed abortions in Dallas County, Texas. So the case moved up, and it moved up, until it got appealed to the United States Supreme Court, where a 7-2 ruling made history and changed everything. Good evening. In a landmark ruling, the Supreme Court
1: today legalized abortions. The majority in cases from Texas and Georgia said that the decision to end a pregnancy during the first three months belongs to the woman and her doctor, not the government. Thus, the anti-abortion laws of 46 states were rendered unconstitutional. More on the story from George Herman. In two related cases and eight separate opinions, the nine justices made abortion largely a private matter and ordered the states to make no laws forbidding it, except possibly during the final months. The court split seven to two with Justices Byron White and William Rehnquist dissenting. In effect, the court makes abortions subject only to the decision of the pregnant woman's doctor. It ruled that states may make no laws restricting a doctor's right to decide his patient needs an abortion and to carry out that abortion during the first three months of a pregnancy. After that comparatively safe three-month period, abortions may be regulated, but not prohibited by state law and for the benefit of the mother's health alone. Abortion is somewhat more dangerous at this stage, and states may insist, for example, that they be performed in regulated hospitals. Only in the final stages of pregnancy may states intervene and say no to abortion. The court's decision, written by Justice Blackman, thus sets limits on the right to abortion on demand. One limit is the time when doctors believe the fetus may be able to survive outside the mother's womb. At that point, usually in the seventh month of pregnancy, the state may take legal action to protect the unborn child, even forbidding abortion except to protect the mother.
0: That was reporting from CBS News on January twenty second, nineteen seventy three. This ruling by the Supreme Court, known as Roe v. Wade, effectively struck down the Texas law banning abortion and pretty much legalized it nationwide. As you heard there by Walter Cronkite at the beginning of the at the beginning of that segment, there, all forty six states with their sort of like anti hardline abortion laws essentially just got struck down because of the Supreme Court effectively legalizing abortion nationwide, according to history com the majority opinion was written by as you heard your justice harry blackman and the court declared that a woman's right to an abortion was absolute was an absolute right to privacy protected by the 14th amendment and because this took so long norma mccorvey also formerly known as jane rowe in court documents she did ultimately give birth but that child was put up for adoption This was a huge success in the pro-abortion movement, but it also ignited more fear, hatred, and vitriol among anti-abortion activists.
1: After the Supreme Court legalized abortion, an abortion clinic opened in St. Louis. Anti-abortion groups have been picketing ever since. They also got the legislature to throw up various roadblocks to abortion.
0: By the 1980s and 90s, this is what it was like to be an abortion provider in America.
2: Already, many have bulletproof glass, and across the country, there are more than 30,000 escorts who have to use cloak-and-dagger measures to protect doctors, clients, and themselves.
0: A wave of clinic bombings that peaked in the 1980s was followed by a series of assassinations in the
2: 1990s. An abortion facility was hit by a bomb blast. Bomb
1: blasts at three abortion clinics. A propane gas bomb exploded last night in the Washington office of the National Abortion Federation. So far this year, 28 abortion clinics and information centers have been bombed or set afire. Dr. David Gunn was shot after getting out of his car as he came to work at a Pensacola abortion clinic.
2: Dr. Tiller, who performs third trimester abortions, had been shot twice outside his clinic. The gunman shot four people before escaping here. One woman, a clinic worker, died at the scene.
1: Dr. John Britton and James Barrett were cut down with shotgun blasts.
2: Barnett Slepian, an Amherst, New York doctor well known to anti-abortion protesters, was shot dead by a sniper last night while at home with his wife and four children.
0: You could not find an abortion provider in the 80s and 90s who would say they felt immune from the threat of terroristic violence. Everyone involved in abortion was vulnerable. That was reporting from the Rachel Maddow Show in 2018, along with news clips um, from NBC News Archives, reporting on anti-abortion attacks and the anti-abortion movement. There were also death threats against Justice Harry Blackmun, which was the justice who wrote that majority opinion for Roe v. Wade there. One day, a person shot through his apartment window, causing glass to shatter on his wife, who was in the living room during that time. Uh, He survived, but the violence, hatred, and legal challenges continued in 1992, the Supreme Court heard another case related to abortion. It was called Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And it sort of eroded Roe v. Wade a little because of anti, because of an Abortion Control Act passed in 1982 in the, state Pennsylvania, in the state of Pennsylvania 10 years before. This act had these five requirements. One, woman must give informed consent. Two, woman must receive state-published information on abortion. Three, for minors, a parent must give informed consent. Four, married woman must notify their husbands prior to getting an abortion. And five, uh, providers must keep records and reports of information. And so because of that hardline abortion act, a group of providers sued govern, Governor Robert Casey of Pennsylvania, challenging the constitutionality of this proposal. A district court soon ruled that every single one of those five provisions was unconstitutional. A court of appeals also ruled on that case, but only said that apprising the spouse before getting an abortion was unconstitutional. And then the U.S. Supreme Court accepted the case, which re-examined the 1973 president. Roe v. Wade. A majority of the court reaffirmed Roe as settled president in the United States with a 5-4 ruling, and they too agreed that the spousal notification requirement was also unconstitutional. It was the first major challenge to Roe v. Wade.
2: In summing up today's decision, Justice Harry Blackman, author of The Roe Decision, wrote, Now, just when so many expected the darkness to fall, the flame has grown bright. However, it's also true that that flame can be extinguished by one more vote.
1: Congressional leaders said they would try to go around the Supreme Court by making abortion legal once and for all. The Congress must act to ensure that the fundamental right of American women to choose for themselves is not lost.
2: Planned Parenthood versus Casey bears the name of Pennsylvania Governor Robert Casey, who last year signed one of the strictest abortion regulation laws in the nation. That became the Supreme Court case. This morning, Governor Casey is in Harrisburg with some thoughts on the high court's decision. Good morning, Governor Casey. Good morning, Katie. Now that you've had time to digest and, and more or less examine the ruling, do you consider it a victory for your side this morning?
1: In talking to our attorneys yesterday, uh, it, it's a mixed result.
0: Quote, it's a mixed result. Once again, that's reporting from NBC News there on these um, anti-abortion movements as this was all going into effect. I mean, you had Roe v. Wade already settled precedent in the United States ruling by the Supreme Court in 1973 on January 22nd. And you already have these major challenges to it, including that first huge big Pennsylvania test. And Roe v. Wade, it was a little shaky, but it stood. It stood in 1992 when the Supreme Court reaffirmed it. In 1999, just seven years after um, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that case came up. Um, Texas decided that each legislative session they had would begin with restricting abortion access. They passed the Woman's Right to Know Act, essentially forcing doctors to give reading information 24 hours prior to a woman uh, getting the procedure, warning of its risk. According to the Texas Tribune, abortions after 16 weeks were required to happen at a licensed ambulatory surgical center, and parental consent became a requirement for minors in 2005. Also, the state banned all abortion after 24 weeks of pregnancy. There was also a new law that mandated doctors to have patients undergo a sonogram at least 24 hours before the abortion. During this process, doctors were required to display the sonogram, make the fetal's heartbeat audible, and give a verbal explanation of what was happening, presumably to make patients think twice about having an abortion. In 2013, Texas State Democratic Senator Wendy Davis Um, She stood for 11 hours without drinking, eating, leaning, or using the restroom to filibuster a Texas restrictive abortion bill. She was successful in that effort and also became a national star. State Senator
2: Wendy Davis had been speaking for more than 11 hours when the other side managed to stop her and begin the vote on new abortion restrictions. If we can have order in the chamber so that the members can properly cast their vote, But the objections from abortion rights supporters in the gallery grew so loud, senators could not hear the gavel or roll call. Order was restored and the bill approved, but too late to beat the midnight deadline. Members, it's now past midnight. Depending on your point of view, the political theater has helped make the state senator from Fort Worth a heroine or villain. She became a single mom at 19 and put herself through Harvard Law School. I have a deep uh, abiding understanding of what it means to come from a place
0: of doing without.
2: Your critics would argue that the bill you stopped would have actually helped women by making sure that abortions happened in hospital type surgical facilities. You know what's so interesting about that is that throughout the debate not once could the members who were advancing the bill demonstrate that that would create a safer climate for women, or that there was an existing safety problem within the existing clinical climate today. When a light is shined, there is victory because what comes behind that is empowerment of people to make a different choice in their leadership." Davis told us she is prepared to filibuster again. But Scott, people here say it's all but certain the abortion restriction bill has the votes and time it needs to pass in the next special session.
1: Manuel, thank you very much.
2: Whether you put down your phone to be there for your daughter, or pick up your phone to call a helpline for your roommate,
1: when it comes to mental health, now more than ever every action counts
2: there should be no man no priest or politician no doctor or any hospital administrator no government official or husband who should have the right to force any woman to have a child against her will i think that the time is here now that we as women must fight the established restrictions that exist on a woman's right to control her own reproductive processes, and that this is a right that no state should be allowed to abridge.